0: I'm Lou Botta and I'm Mary Ann Crum. You know, lots of things may be in short supply these days but hope doesn't have to be one of them. Join us for the next 30 minutes or so and we'll remind you how you can live with unquenchable hope.
1: Hi everybody. We are going to start a new series we don't know how long this one's gonna last. <laughs> Maybe till Jesus comes back. On <laughs> our identity in Christ. And as I began thinking about this subject, I hearkened back to my college days, which mostly were good memories. But one memory that was kind of an awkward memory was that I was in a sorority at Auburn. That sorority is called Chi Omega. If you've never been through the whole sorority thing, some people love it. And at Auburn, it was a very, very huge deal. But the only reason I did it was for my mom, because she was a Chi Omega when she was in college she was very involved in the alumni thing and all that. When I got to Auburn, it was the land of Southern Bells. And Chi Omega was like 150 Southern Bells and me. I know the only reason they took me was because of my mom. When you're what they call a legacy, pretty much, unless you have two heads, they're going to take you. (laughs) So I was a Chi Omega and I wore the t-shirts and I did the bare minimum stuff, but I never really identified with it. Yes, You would Mm -hmm. watch the sorority (laughs) fraternity thing at Auburn and it was such a big deal, you know, which one you were in. And that was really the identity of a lot of these students. That was where they felt accepted not me. <laughs> I felt like a fraud because I just, you know, I didn't care. Yeah. I was on the tennis team. That was really where my friends were. And just, I was gone all the time. But I thought about all the things that we identify with yeah. that really are not that important. And yet we maybe don't spend that much time figuring out what our identity in Christ is. Yes.
0: Especially in this day and age. Are you kidding? <laughs> identity is in so many other things. Social media, how many likes you get, Your identity Um, is in your clothing. Identity is what you look like. Is that still like
1: a really big deal? What
0: brand do you wear? I'm not sure to what extent that is. I'm thinking of uh, school kids. I'm not sure how that that is with them. But I know when you look at people online, oh, yeah, some people are real big into having a brand name on them. Yeah. Uh, but I think our identity can be in so many
1: things. Yeah, like sports teams. Oh, yeah, Definitely you, know, that you take a your identity back. Your
0: identity is in your ministry. Your identity is as a pastor. Your identity mm-hmm. as a mom. A lot of times we don't look at it as being in Christ. I'm loving the fact that we're going to go into this whole thing with who we are in Christ because the whole issue right now with identity and gender identity and mm-hmm. all that mayhem that's happening right now, which I truly believe is a fad, which is a horrific kind of fad, but everybody doesn't know who they are. So now we're going to look at who we are in Christ. When you can get your feet solid on that, you're not going to be even looking at gender identity.
1: I know you talk to a lot of people and you have a lot of friends in a lot of places. Do you think this is a subject that mm, a lot of people are struggling with, that they don't know, even solid believers that they just don't think about?
0: Yeah, I don't think we think about. Because when I was going through the list, I'm like, I know these, but I don't look at them all the time. You don't see yourself adopted, except, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't see yourself as that. But when you really look and see who we really are in him and how we've been chosen, It just brings you closer to him. And that's what we're trying to do here.
1: So why is it so hard? Why do we struggle so much to keep that right in the front of our brain? Because life goes by so fast. And I think because we're human and fleshly. And we kind of too listen, I think, to the voices that are the loudest and the voices in our culture, just in general, even the ones that are harmless, so to speak, Mm -hmm. they're always speaking to our identity, TV commercials, advertisements, everything is trying to get us to identify with their product or their thing or their cause. Mm -hmm. So we don't hear that much about our identity in Christ. That's right. So that's why we're talking about it. I'm glad. We always are talking (laughs) about things we need to hear. (laughs) Whether you need to hear it or not out there, we need to to hear hear it. If you Google my identity in Christ or who I am Mm -hmm. in Christ, Mm -hmm. you can find a million lists. And this is not going to be an exhaustive list. So we just encourage you all to do that on your own find some of this material that's out yeah. there. Yes. There are really nice little charts and all mm-hmm. kinds of things that you can print just to have it on hand to remind yourself, right. I think. So we are just starting out with one that I had. It says, Identity and Union with Christ. Mm. But we're going to go down this list and just talk however long we talk yeah. about each one of these. Yes. And we hope that this will help you one of the things I wanted, to, before we actually get to that list, to talk about was what does it mean even to be in Christ? Because we're talking about our identity in Christ. Yes. Colossians 3.3 3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Mm-hmm. So what what oh, does yes, that mean? So. I love that. If okay. someone is listening and they're thinking, I don't even know what it means to be in Christ. If
0: you're hidden in Christ in God, you've been accepted. Mm-hmm. He's He's got you in the palm of His hand, and you're hidden in Him. That means you are His. And, and so I,
1: how do you get to that place? Well, like, I think first
0: through salvation, mm-hmm. and then I think as you begin to— let him have the lordship of your life. I always used to say when, when we would talk about Adonai and I was just saying it the other day to in my prayer time, is that he is my Lord and Master. When you see who you are in Christ, and I think when we go down through these that we're we're an heir. Mm-hmm. So everything that he has is ours. I mean, that's huge. I know. We as Christians don't know that.
1: You're right. I can remember years ago, a friend of mine was teaching a Bible study I was in, and she illustrated this in a way that has stuck with me all these years. And she took four envelopes. One of them said, Father God, and one said Jesus, one said Holy Spirit, and then one was her name. And she said, being in Christ, she put her name inside the envelope that said Jesus well in John fourteen twenty, Jesus said, In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. So then she took the envelope that had Jesus and her name and stuck it in the Father. Fathers. But oh. then you've got the Holy Spirit, and she put that in the envelope with her name. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a circle, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it made it very... It's visual. Know, it Obviously was a very visual. visual thing, yes. but we are hidden in all those layers. Yes, of, of the Trinity. Of the Trinity. Yes.
0: Now, that's really good.
1: That one scripture always kind of confuses people. He's in him, and I'm in you, and they're <laughs> yeah. in us, and... <laughs> It's actually one
0: of my favorite. I pray that over me all the time. Yeah. John, John 17. But I found this yesterday. I actually don't know who wrote it. It says, the more you reaffirm who you are in Christ, the more your behavior will begin to reflect your true identity.
1: That's true. Isn't that good? Well, we were talking about the vine and the branch a few episodes ago, and it's like that. The branch is going to look like the vine. Yes, absolutely. So that is part of being connected to him. Yes. And And I think that Satan
0: fights us because he doesn't want us to know our true identity Mm -hmm. so that we don't truly know our true identity.
1: All right, well, let's start. You ready for me to start the list? Okay, so the first one is that I am accepted. Mm -hmm. When I was talking about my sorority experience, I think that was a huge part of why people wanted to be in a sorority or fraternity was to feel like somebody accepted me. You know, I have this t-shirt with these Greek letters on it. It proves that somebody (laughs) accepted me, except in my case, just proves they were scared to say no. (laughs) But Matt Chandler, who's a pastor that I really like, he's got some great material out there, Bible study material. He said, I am accepted by God and it has nothing to do with me. Yeah, that's I mean, good. in my case with a sorority, that was kind of a bad thing. It always made me feel kind of insecure, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, they're just stuck with me. They didn't really pick me. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they did. <laughs> but in the case of being accepted by God, it's a really good thing yes, that it doesn't is. have anything to do with us. Yes, it is.
0: Also, if I can just add, because I meant to do this when we were talking about identity. So let me go back, because this is really good. Our identity in Christ is our foundation in Him. Mm-hmm. So we're going to build on that identity. That's true. And this says our true identity is found when we stop being who we are and start being who we were created to be. Yeah. And I really wanted to get that in there. Our foundation is truly in our identity in Christ. That's the foundation. All these things mm-hmm. are all the fruit of of being identified in him.
1: Yes. These would be the things that God really wants us to experience.
0: Correct. And so when you're talking about accepted, when I looked up the word accepted, it says regarded favorably and given approval. So we are accepted in Christ. We are given approval in him. And so many people are are looking for acceptance. Yes. And they're looking for it in so many other avenues. They're looking for it in people. They're looking for it in their husband, their spouse. They're looking for it in their job. And yet we have been favorably accepted by him. When you can grab a hold of, I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in him.
1: I don't have to keep striving for something I already have. That's right.
0: You don't have to perform. You're accepted in him. And I think when we grab a hold of that and really get a hold of that, you can walk out of a situation. I just actually went on this. It wasn't a job interview. And, and it wasn't exactly what I thought was going to happen. I still have to wait again. And I just walked out of there and just thought, you know what? I'm going to live above the fray and I'm accepted in you, Lord. This is your responsibility. This is what you want me to do. And your timing will be what it is. I didn't do that a couple of weeks ago, I would find myself going under. So I think if I throw my identity in Christ and trust him with the plans he has and know that I'm accepted in him, then I can release my striving Boy, to make something happen. Wouldn't that feel good? Yeah. <laughs> and, and another couple of weeks, I don't know, but I learned this past, this past week, I just was like, I'm not going there anymore. I don't want to go there.
1: It's exhausting. It is
0: exhausting, but I just came to a place and said, I know that you love me. Mm -hmm. And I know that you have not brought me this far to leave me. That's an acceptance in him.
1: Don't you think when we get to heaven or if we look back, I hope we don't, but if we do (laughs) and see our lives in some form, we'll think, why did I strive so hard (laughs) for something I already have that he never intended for me to have to strive after? But even on a human level, if I think about my kids or my grandkids, or you think about nieces, and nephews, people that you really love, you know that you accept them. And that there would be oh, nothing yeah. they could do to break that. Oh, yes. And yet, if you saw them constantly saying to you, Aunt Lou, what can I do that you would accept me? I just oh, feel yeah. like you, well, oh, you yeah. don't accept me. And, and oh, you were it, lavishing that's... all the love you have on them. You'd be like, what? That just turned, like, my, you said that my whole heart went, I know. I would be heartbroken. You would be heartbroken. Yes. But do we not do that to God all the time? Yes,
0: we do. Now, I think this solidifies so much of everything we're going to be talking about. It's coming from Ephesians 1, Mm -hmm. verses 1 through 6. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus. And who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and the peace of God, our Father, and Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, to himself according to the kind intention of of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. All we're going to talk about is right in that one piece. It
1: is. And I kept coming across that passage. (laughs) Every single time we're looking up anything. mm -hmm. So we're accepted in the beloved. And he doesn't necessarily approve of all of our behavior. We're not trying to say that. right? Yes. We can grieve him. Yeah, absolutely. We can grieve him. Just the way our nieces, nephews, grandkids, whatever, could could grieve us by their behavior. Yes. John six thirty seven is another good verse. It says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast, cast out. out. Oh, I love that. We'll talk a little bit more when we get into some of these other ones about the issue of our behavior, I guess, is the yes. way to say it. We, yeah, we don't want to leave you thinking that, well... I'm accepted no matter what I do. Oh, I might no, as well no, just no. Well, go we out there and live like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all know that doesn't work. We exactly. That breaks that intimacy. Yeah, it does. Which is another identity thing. Yes. This is more of a positional thing yes. that we have his acceptance. So
0: we're accepted. Um, yes.
1: Yeah, and Timothy Keller, mm. who's a great author too, I want to read a quote from him. Yes. He says, God sees us as we are, loves us as we are, and accepts us as we are. But by his grace, he does not leave us where we are. I love that. Yeah. It's not like a blanket permission to just kick back and go in neutral and never grow. Yeah, no, I think we are. We are understand. to be growing more and more and more and more in the image of Christ. Yes.
0: And I think we begin to change attitudes. I, I think as we get older, we begin to change attitudes as far as. I just wanna be in you, Lord. I just wanna mm-hmm. identify with you. I things just start to change.
1: I think the appeals of the world do kind of slack off. I don't know whether it's just cause I'm too tired to <laughs> too tired of to sin. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's like yes, you yes. kind of bend down enough dead ends in your life that you yes. realize I'm not going there again. It's a waste of energy and time yeah, and all right. that kind of stuff. So So I just love the fact that we're accepted. Yep. The next one is certainly related to that. I am adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that occurred to me was that adopted children are chosen yes, children. Are. Mm-hmm. There's a deliberate thing that happens yes. when adoption happens. I think
0: that's why he used that term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know you probably have this written down, Romans eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love how at the beginning of that talked about he's not given us fear. And then he went right in from fear to he's given us a spirit of adoption. Where yeah. We cry, Abba, Father. And mm-hmm. when, when you say Abba, Father, you're saying Daddy. Right. So it's very intimate. Yeah.
1: We, when we did the names of God, that's yes. one of my favorites. Yes. It's, it's the most familiar term for Father in mm-hmm. the Hebrew language. It is like Daddy. That's
0: right. And so we've been adopted into his family, into the kingdom. He has a kingdom. I was looking at it a little with uh, Queen Elizabeth just passing. And I looked at the whole, you know, how it all works. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, we're in the true kingdom. We have a true king. And I think that knowing that we've been adopted into that royalty. I mean, they were talking about who's next and all the royalty that the kids get. And then the grandkids and mm-hmm. the, the titles they get of princess this and princess this. And I was like, wait a minute. that's who we are in his kingdom. So we've been
1: adopted into his kingdom, into royalty. We truly are. And we don't act like it. Picture in the Bible of that would be Moses, who was plucked out of the Nile River by the daughter of Pharaoh or the granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was brought into the royal household. Yeah. And there you go. The first part of that Romans 8, verses 15 and 16, it says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, Yes, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Mm -hmm. Two things about that jump out Mm -hmm. at me. The first one is, if we are living sort of a fear-based relationship with Uh, God, that's pretty much a sign that we consider ourselves... Slaves Slaves. and not adopted children. Yeah,
0: that's not, uh, you're exactly right.
1: And a lot of people do live their Christian Mm -hmm. lives out of fear. Mm -hmm. Fear that they're not quite doing enough to please God, that he's always kind of ticked at them, or always disappointed with them. Or even in an extreme case, not knowing whether they're going to be good enough for him to let into heaven. Mm -hmm. That's right. All those things, those would be a good sign that, wait a minute, you're yeah. not getting that you're, it's done. Yeah, it's the paper done. was signed. <laughs> yeah. You are an adopted child. It was signed in blood
0: is what it was signed exactly. in. I agree. I think that when we come to the place of realizing we're adopted and taken into his arms mm-hmm. as a child of his, I've got a great friend that has adopted a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. There's never been one time that that's never been their child. You yeah. Know? So, and to
1: undo something like that, you have to go through the same process you would Go through to undo your biological child. Yes, right. Yeah. That's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah.
0: And then they end up start looking like you, I swear, (laughs) because I think that kids (laughs) like you, they look like you. You know, it's so funny,
1: but yeah. Well, the second thing is the last part of that verse. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that Mm -hmm. we are children of God. How Mm -hmm. would you explain that to somebody? What is that like?
0: I think he lets us know in so many ways that we belong to him. So mm-hmm. I think he would testify to each of us in a different, in a manner. different way. Mm-hmm.
1: So if, if somebody's struggling with that, t- of just feeling like, well, I don't really feel like a child of God. I feel more like an employee. Well, then
0: I would probably say then you need to get back into the word if you're not. Or just pray and ask God to show you yeah. who you are in him. I've been reading this book called A Kiss a Day, and it's a kiss from the king. It's Jewish, um, a writer, a Messianic Jewish writer. And it's a devotional. It's wonderful. I took it from my sister, Lori. Sorry, Lori. <laughs> but um, it said that, what were we talking about?
1: <laughs> if you don't Shoot. feel like you're a child of God, and this verse says the spirit will testify with our spirit. I, just, I lost my It's gone. It's that train has left <laughs> the station, <It's> folks. <laughs>
0: It left, oh, man, it was good, too. Maybe but it comes it'll, back, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll, come it'll back. Yeah, maybe it'll pop
1: back in. Rats. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read another passage from John 1, verses 12 and 13. It says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, mm. even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: our part in this whole adoption is to believe
0: Yes. Okay. First, I remember what I was going to say. I always ask him to draw me. Okay. Draw me to yourself. Just Mm -hmm. draw me. But yes, what you just read, I was writing down what you were talking. He gave us the right to become children of God. Yeah. It's a right. That's our right. By believing in him, Mm -hmm. obviously, we now have the right.
1: You hear the term child of God tossed around in all kinds of really unbiblical contexts where they feel like every person is a child of God, mm -hmm. God's the creator, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter what your higher power is, you're still a child of God. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about that. correct. This whole thing starts with believing that Jesus died for your sins and following him. Being a
0: believer of Christ. Right.
1: That's the entryway into your adoption.
0: (laughs) Yes, you're right. He is your Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. And then all these things we're talking about are everything that belong to you, that you are accepted, you are adopted.
1: All right, the next one is I am forgiven, Mm. which is also what occurs as salvation. I know. The verse I always think about when I think of forgiveness is Psalm 103. Verses Mm -hmm. 10 through 12, it says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. Mm -hmm. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I love that so much because
0: it's telling you, as far as the east is from the west, it's it's limitless.
1: Unless you're a flat earth person. (laughs) Yeah. So it's (laughs) limitless.
0: Yeah. Forgiveness is huge. The enemy loves to hold us in accusation. And the Lord just keeps saying, but wait a minute, I forgave you. When you asked, I forgave you. Obviously, you just have to talk to just a few people, myself included. So often you feel like we weren't forgiven. Mm -hmm. And that's like saying to the Lord, well, your blood wasn't enough because I don't feel it. And Mm -hmm. it's not a feeling. It's an acceptance. It's a receiving of his forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where we can get tripped up. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand we have been forgiven.
1: Just going around talking to a lot of different people, I think there are a lot of people in the church that are very insecure about how much is so much sin that he can't forgive. Yeah. There is no point at which you've done too many things to be forgiven. Oh yeah,
0: no, that doesn't even register with him. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from this forgiveness and that would be the enemy yelling that at you, that this, this thing, but this thing he can't forgive you for. Yeah. Jeremiah 31, 34, it's at the end of 34. And I love it. It says, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. So he's promised that Created me a clean heart, Lord, and, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those things are all things that he promises when we come to him and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. You're clean.
1: You're made whole, and we're forgiven. I've heard people say, God throws our sins in the sea of forgetfulness and puts a no-fishing sign up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like God can actually forget. Yes, right. But he just chooses to not think about it.
0: Well, there is a scripture that says, your sins will remember no more. Yeah. Well, did I just say that? Oh, yeah, I did.
1: (laughs) Do you need some coffee? (laughs) I need a Coca-Cola. What are we (laughs) Okay, you've said several times, if we confess our sins, if we ask him to forgive us, what about people that are afraid? What if I forget to ask for forgiveness for a particular sin?
0: I think God knows our heart. That's the only thing I can say for that. I think yes, it's forgiven. the holy spirit
1: we trust him to convict us because he said that's part of his job on the earth is to convict of sin sure so he lets us know yes Uh, now if you just constantly ignore that then i think you've got bigger fish to fry yeah you do yes (laughs) yeah i
0: just heard a phenomenal phenomenal did i say phenomenal phenomenal (laughs) message by jensen franklin who i need to say is like probably my favorite pastor. And it's called The 25th Bear. Very powerful. And it talks about how if we constantly do the same thing over and over, and he was talking about sin, Mm -hmm. and he says, God is merciful, and he'll keep giving mercy, mercy, mercy. But you never know when that 25th bear is that he's going to say, you know what, this has to stop. He starts lifting his hand. And that would be true because he's only trying to tell us, no, no, I need you to come back into the fold. I can't let you out there doing what you keep wanting to do and then keep asking for grace. I've given you all of that. This was probably the most powerful thing I ever heard. The forgiveness is always there, but there's going to come a place when we keep playing like Samson did. He was yeah. desensitized to the place where when he finally told her his his secret of his strength, he got up and was going to fight the Philistines. And it said he didn't even recognize that the spirit had left him. Yeah. Well, that's not God's fault. Anyway, there yeah, is no. great, great, powerful forgiveness in God.
1: There's a verse in Hebrews that I was looking for, but oh, here it is. Hebrews ten, and it's a sobering verse. It says, "How much severe punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God, and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, and has insulted the Spirit of grace?" It sounds like we're saying two different things out of our mouth, but but no, we should have like a very sober view of God's him. holiness, yes. and I think if we just realize that sin is so destructive to us, yes. That's why God doesn't want us to do it. That's right. Sometimes he will just let you, it gets to the point where I'm not going to keep striving with you over this. Okay. Suffer the consequences here. And then when you come back back, to me, I will forgive you.
0: We're forgiven because of the blood. Mm -hmm. And he says, I will remember your sins no more. Mm -hmm. But he also told the woman, go and sin no more. Yes. So there is that wonderful forgiveness that he is offering us and we need to be serious about it. That's all. And I know when we fall again, God, forgive me. Yes, I do. It's all of that. It's all of that. We have a forgiving God. He knows our heart. heart.
1: And if we're really grieved about what we did.
0: Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what we're talking about.
1: Okay. Well, we got a little ways down our list, but (laughs) we've got some more. So we hope that you'll stick with us. It's a good topic. We're excited about it. So come back next week. Thanks for joining us today. If this podcast encouraged you, it might encourage someone else too. So please share it and share some hope.